going to talk on steps four and five, which are made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves and admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So Dennis, we want to invite you up here now. I'm Dennis, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm supposed to tell you about step four and step five, as Greg just mentioned. And uh, I'm going to say the serenity prayer before I start today. (laughs) God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. The reason I said that is because I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to say right now. But I, if it helps one person in here, that's, that'd be enough. Step four, of course, was before step five. By the time I got to step four, I had finally, even though my, my, my brain was an absolute mess, I had finally decided in my mind that this program could help me. And so I vigorously did step four. So I went into the big book and I read the directions, which for me that's that's a big reading the directions, you know. Usually I get halfway into a job and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go get the directions now. <laughs> but for this, I sort of went overboard, which I've been told in my lifetime that I have a tendency to overreact. And this is what I did with step four. I went nuts, you know. I, I'm like, you know, every day I'm journaling and, and, and you know, I was warming up for Butch because I knew that he couldn't interrupt me, you know, once I got rolling. And so when we finally got to step four, I got through it and I went through the fifth step with uh, with my sponsor at the time who was Butch. And uh, the, you know Kathy wasn't here last week so I didn't tell them how I ended up in the nut ward so I, I, I'll leave them, I'll leave that one alone. Anyway, pardon? After the meeting. <laughs> after the meeting, yeah. If you want, if you want to know after the meeting. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, I did that and uh, did the best I could uh, the first year or two to just sort of show up for meetings and, uh, and uh, grasp the rest of the steps, which was the, that was the uh, idea of doing the fourth and fifth steps is so I could continue on through the rest of the steps. And uh, I read what I had wrote the next year. Oh my God, it was it was the ravings of a maniac, and uh, which is what I was when I got here. By the time I got here, I I was I was spiritually, physically, and mentally bankrupt. And uh, I know most of the people, all of the people in here, can relate to that because we didn't come here on the wings of victory. I came kicking and screaming all the way. So I woke up this morning bitching at God. 
<laughs> which I very seldom do. I, I usually am pretty level with things. And I did that all the way to the golf course <laughs> where I hit balls for a while and continued the process. Got in my car and I'm like, well, I can drive around the peninsula, it's 10 to 12, or I could go to a meeting. Oh, gee, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to a meeting. So finally, after arguing with myself, I decided I'm going to the club. So I went to the club and I walked in and, and I'm saying hello to everybody and Da -da 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 -da, giving the hugs and the whole nine yards and I'm late and the whole nine yards and I go and I sit down and I look up and there's my brother. I'm like, oh, that's what I said. So I went up and I gave him a little shoulder rub and grabbed a cup of coffee and sat down. And uh, for those of you who know our history, it's been a pretty volatile one. They didn't call us Casey versus Casey for nothing. <laughs> but to see him at a meeting, it really did my heart good. And uh, to see him at the club even more because I know what he's feeling right now and those people in there are all feeling the same thing. So back to myself and the fourth step, he was of course a part of all this because he actually saved my life. I went out looking for him on his mail route 35 years ago and I found him and he said you know I can give you the number of family crisis I give you the number of the hotline or I can take you to a meeting and for you people who have been here the last couple weeks they know what what happened at that meeting but I'm going to tell it anyway because somebody here might not have been. So we go into the meeting and just like this meeting, you know, everybody's talking and happy-go-lucky and buy the coffee pot and let's go have something to eat, you know. And I'm like, man, these people are pretty nice, you know. And, uh, and uh, we had to leave early because we had to go play that night. So he's walking out the door and he's like, I'm Bob Casey and I'm an alcoholic and I gotta go, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm Denny Casey and I'm an alcoholic and I gotta go too. <laughs> so we get in the car, he says, what do you think? I said, about what? <laughs> he said, do you think they can help you? I said, well, I don't see how they can help me. <laughs> and he said, well, you just took the first step. I said, I did? I said, yeah. I said, you said you were an alcoholic. I said, I only said it because you said it. <laughs> he said, well, there's this club down on East 6th Street. And uh, your phone ain't ringing off the hook. And uh, our old butcher hangs around there. So, which is Gene A, we all know. And I got down there and I, I took my seat against the wall next to the coffee pot, aimed for the door so I could get out of the place as quick as possible. And I was nuts, completely crazy. They told me to go to 90 meetings in 90 days, and I went to 180 meetings in 90 days, and of course I ended up in the nut war. And there's another story behind that, anybody who wants to know. Kathy knows that story. 
she might not even know she knows that story, but she does know that story. Anyway, so so I ended up in the not word, you know, and long story short, I got out of there and I'm like, I'm done with this AA, it's all AA's fault, da 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 da. And my friend Jim Madden come in, who I had befriended up to that point because he was the only other musician that I knew that was in AA. Brad Swanson had already died. And so we made a song in my studio and, and I said, well, what about this AA? And he said, uh, it's helping me. He said, I've been here a couple years. He said, my life has really turned around. So we went and we had some coffee and uh, again, I went back to Willow Run. I know we went through this already and became the coffee maker. And uh, probably the reason was is because I probably mentioned the fact that I didn't like the coffee one week, so they appointed me the coffee maker. <laughs> so I started to get to know people, which for me was very difficult because if you didn't talk to me about music or golf or pool, we didn't talk about anything. Because I hung around pool rooms golf courses and j joints you know not joints I mean you know like <laughs> beer joints you know motels and uh, at the end of my drinking I lived ate and slept where I drank I mean I was in like alcohol paradise and I should have been happy, but all I did was... Anyway, <laughs> it, uh, it was strange. Everything was free. The, the money was great. The food was free. The booze was free. The room was free. We had six motel rooms. I mean, I was a rock star. And then I wasn't. You know, that long story short, my drinking is what brought me to that day with Bob. And uh, the, uh, the fourth step, I kept sort of like rehashing it as the years went by. Uh, when Butch passed away, Chuck G is now my sponsor, and uh, we've sort of went through this. It, it, we we don't do the technical version of it anymore, but I know where to go when I need to get in touch with AA. I have phone numbers, and I have meetings, and I've upped my meetings because I started to realize that by me just walking in this room. I'm working the steps, period, all of them. And that's one of the reasons why I relate to meeting makers make it. And that's just a new saying in the last two or three years that came along along with the rest of them. And, uh, you know, the sayings, uh, boy, like everybody else when I first got here I'm like what is this kindergarten or what you know I mean this is like first things first you know one day at a time 
Well, I'd been through all the religious things, you know, and I, I, I again, I, I went to Catholic school for eight years, went to church six days a week, and then when I was done from there, I said, that's enough of that. You know, I went to church enough to last me the rest of my life. And that's the way I felt. But being a musician, the spiritual aspect of life did not escape me. It can't if you're a musician and, and there's an audience in front of you every night and you're they're there to forget their troubles and you know most people well no, I won't say that a certain percentage of the people that go to bars actually go for the entertainment and uh, that kind of a thing and uh, we drew a lot of those people actually we weren't like those people but we drew that kind of a crowd which was I called it the 40s crowd. People that were 40 years old that had already taken a few lumps at life and they would come and hear us play and you know everybody got along and da 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 da. Back to AA. I'm gonna wander all over the place because this is what I do. Whatever comes into my mind that's what I'm gonna say. I promise I won't cuss or anything like that because we have little children here and not only that I, I, I don't cuss like I used to. Every once in a while, yeah, but yeah, they're looking at jail. She, she was there during the worst of it all. And you know, when I came crashing down, guess what? She was the only one standing there. And uh, that's where you find out who your real friends are. And uh, on with it. Yes, that's enough about you. It's about me. No, I'm <laughs> sorry, dear. But she didn't know she was going to be the straight man tonight, you know. But anyway, so we have built a life in the last 27 years. We got married when we were 53 years old, both of us. And as my older brother so aptly said, he said, well, there ain't neither one of you is doing very good, so you might as well try it together and see what happens. <laughs> so here we are 27 years later, and of course it worked. The reason it worked, though, was because of AA. But I didn't realize that it was going to work as time went on. A lot of times, while I was getting better, I didn't realize that I was getting better. But the people around me realized I was getting better. And, you know, I can put on a facade and act like I'm somebody, which I'm not. I'm just another person taking a seat in here. And, but it's inside that the changes. Before they, they changed on the outside and my sense of humor came back, I changed on the inside. And the biggest thing I'm grateful for today is my sense of humor. And I don't sit around all day trying to think of this stuff. This is me. This is what. This is the way it comes out. If I had a piece of paper up here, I'd have threw it away a half hour ago. And I just came up here 20 minutes ago. <laughs> anyway. For you people who have any doubts about the fourth step and what it does, it opens the door for my mind to embrace 
5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Because it starts me taking a look inside of myself. Because when they say you have to be true to yourself, when you come to AA, you got to take a look in there and see who's really in there. And that takes these meetings and we never figure it out. Who could figure out some of the miracles? Like Marianne has seen hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of miracles that come in here in a totally hopeless state of mind. And two years later they're like, hey, who can explain that? And I, golf season's over, so I said, well, geez, i got to go to two meetings a day now because I want to stay busy and I want to keep my mind absorbing what goes on in here because all my life I thought I had all the answers. It was my way or the highway. Then I come in here and they changed all the questions. <laughs> this was totally opposite of what I thought what I did and who I was I'm a totally different person today I am not the same person that came in here I have been transformed by the beauty of this program into a totally different dimension it says so right in the book you're transformed into the fourth dimension I don't know what page that's on but uh I'll look it up when I go home. Anyway, that's what's happened to me. And the fifth step, it was hard for me to sit one-on-one. -on -one. Luckily, again, Butch couldn't interrupt me, you know. So I, I just got on a roll and I let her rip and, and he just sat there and nodded his head. Because I knew the only way he could interrupt me is if he started singing because that's when he stopped stuttering. So anyway. On we went, and uh, the passing of Butch was, uh, it was, that was hard on me. He was my go-to guy, and he had that sort of calmness around me. I don't know about the people he was around all the time, but he would say things to me like, tell God you love him. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, just tell God you love him. So why? He says, because you're going to need God to get through this. This is at first. So I did. I started to tell God I loved him. And uh, I now pray in the morning, pray in my car, driving here. If I'm not talking to somebody, I'm praying. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's become a way of life to me. And that's good. Because all of the other crap that goes on through there, it's still in there. You know, it, you know, there's no push-ups in the parking lot. You know, they're up here. I heard somebody say that a couple weeks ago. The push-ups are going on up here. Did you say that, Ed? When you? Somebody did. Just recently. Anyway, that hit home with me. Because if I start slacking off on this program, 
things are not going to go well. It's no longer a, for me, it's no longer an issue of am I going to go get drunk or not. The issue today is emotional society. Society. <laughs> My new lips. Emotional sobriety. Yes. Well, that's a good way to get your point across anyway. Did you write that down? Yeah. Emotional society. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Yeah, I'm going to ramble on here for a couple more minutes anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, I, I see a lot of time in here. There's a lot of people with a lot of time. And when I first sobered up and I hung around the club, there was 500 years of sobriety there. They were all over the place. O.B. O'Brien, he was a Las Vegas dealer. Had 46 years of sobriety. When he first came in, he said, I don't know about this God thing. You know, and then 46 years later, he's preaching about AA and God and your higher power. I don't speak a lot about my higher power, but I definitely am in touch with my higher power 24-7. Unless my wife starts talking and then I let, let, let him just sort of be a spectator there. <laughs> but me and my wife have learned to pray together too which is something that probably saved our marriage a few years back. It just brought it all together. And uh, it's an amazing thing to me. So anybody who hasn't tried that, hey, give it a shot, you know, if you're married and stuff like that. But uh, here I am, uh, I'm 80 years old, and I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I thought I'd be dead like 20 years ago. I'm serious. I had a rough childhood and I went through all that last week and uh, and survived all that and uh, we were I was married two and a, two years and nine months with three kids one was born September 1st one year the next one was born September 1st the next year and the next one was born August 4th, the next year. So, do the math. New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, December 14th was my birthday. So, the only thing we had figured out how to do was, of course, whatever it takes to make children. How's that for tact? I have tact now. I didn't have any tact before. It just came out. Anyway. Now my kid looks older than I do. <laughs> God bless him. He's a great kid. But uh, yeah, he works construction and all that. And doing really good. They're all doing good. I, I, that's another thing. They're all doing great. And I'm like... How can they do great, you know? Because where all this started, it did not look good. And here I am today, not only am I doing good, my whole family's doing good. And it's just, because not only did I sober up, I went through the 12 steps with you people. And uh, 
And again, I'm just rambling on, but I said five more minutes, so I'm done now. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. So now, if you have a question for Dennis, it's the time to ask it, so raise your hand and I'll bring you the microphone. Dennis, Jeff, alcoholic. Jeff. Um, do, do you find that the things on your inventory, fourth step inventory, maybe things on your sponsees, just generally that if they make it on there, they're things almost by definition you feel bad about, so you're tortured about. And do you find that by doing a fourth step on it and a fifth, I guess, and a sixth and a seventh, do you find that you're freed from being tormented by those those traits and those events? Ah, I live the program. So when I see or sense anything like that, I go right there. And the tenth step says it best. When we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And of course, promptly for me sometimes it might be a few days. You know. <laughs> well, I have to uh, regurgitate it through my mind, which, you know, there's a few brain cells. If they're not gone, they're definitely misplaced. But it was a good point, Jeff, because uh, I have a tendency to get to rambling on and, and, and lose sight of the specific things in this program. Uh, the gift of desperation for me to get to where I'm at today as far as my thinking goes I was desperate when I did my first first step I, I mean I was whew, I would have admitted to the Brinks armed robbery if that's what have made me sober you know I mean I just anything and uh, today I don't ever want to go back there so I'm definitely willing to go along through this fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and where was my part in this situation because again I'm not the guy who came here who you know do these people know who they're dealing with you know I, w I was I had uh, low self-esteem but I was all I ever thought about and that that was me and uh, that's not the case anymore. You people have brought me out of hell, and all I had to do was keep walking. Anybody else? Good evening, everybody. My name is Terry. I'm an alcoholic. Terry. Uh, <clears throat> Dennis, um, I'm going on two years now. I'll be two years next week um, in sobriety, and uh, I have. <clears throat> I've talked this over with my sponsor and all, I, and, and I have done, done the steps with him, and the the, um, the the things I wrote down, the people I got to make amends to, I've made one out of all of them so far, with their family members, and they don't want nothing to do with me, and he, my sponsor says, put it in God's hands, he will he will make that happen if it's meant to be, you know, and they, and they really don't eat at me to where it's in my mind all the time so I don't know I, I, I just should I just keep 
you know, I'm just thinking with let God let it put it in God's hands and uh when that time comes, I believe it will. Yeah. You know. Most definitely. But I didn't know if I'm if, you know, two years I'm i I'm still got amends to be made. I don't know if I'm slacking or what, but there's some I can't even get close to right now. So my sponsor tells me to let it leave it in God, leave it up to God. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All when right. you sobered up you already made a big amends right there because you're no longer in that situation for one. Okay. Two, God has planted people in my life, you know, to where I'll be walking down the freaking mall ten years later and I see this guy, you know, and we start talking and all of a sudden it all went away. It's God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Okay. And it's happened to me not once, not twice, like I'm going to say seven or eight times. Wow. Of course, I've been sober a long time, so... You know, I run into the, I run into a one guy a month ago. This is from 40 years ago. Wow. We're sitting there having coffee like we're old buddies, you know. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. And his dad was in AA, okay. which was really, you know, the, these are the kinds of things that happen in AA. Things you cannot explain. But yeah, most definitely, Terry. Okay. Just keep doing what you're doing keep going to meetings I see you all the time we sit together at a lot of meetings it's great okay. just keep doing what you're doing you're doing fine okay, I appreciate that thank you uh-huh anybody else and if you're on zoom and you have a question just uh, feel free to speak up at any time as well oh I I got a question for you Dennis I really appreciate you sharing with us tonight Trevor alcoholic uh, what do you make of the thing in the in the big book where it says we're not saints? What, do, you, do, you, do you think that's a problem for? Does it ever be a problem for you or for for others? Or what, what do you what do you think of that? No. The first thing, and right after that, but we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. Well, guess what? I've read the the big big book, the Bible. Those people were just as bad as we were. So. We're off to a good start already, you know. So, anyway, that's a really, really good question. The, as, as far as I'm concerned, the first thing that we come in here, when we first come in here, is survival. We want to survive. There's an instinct in there, in every single one of us. Because otherwise, we would come to our first meeting and about halfway through, we'd hit the road. Because you're like, what the hell's going on here? That, that was my instinct, saying that. And, and the, when I say I don't swear as much as I used to, I don't. But the only reason is, is I've replaced those words with AA stuff. And, and it actually, it, it changes my whole... I mean, things that used to really get me going don't anymore. I just like stand there and go, mm-hmm. Now, of course, today I had one of them days, but I very seldom have a day even where uh, I have a bad thinking day. I might have bad thinking times during the day. But I don't have a, a job I go to every day where I've got to put up with people's whatever they're going to dish out today but uh, uh, the fact that we're not saints 
I'll still take that. I'll, I'll take where we're at anyway. I would rather be in the side street of heaven than the main street of hell. That's all I know. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> oh, she's writing it down. <laughs> oh, no, she, no, she just <laughs> She was writing it down. Anyway, anybody else? <coughs> Kevin. Thanks, Dennis. That was terrific. That was just terrific. Uh, what you were earlier when you were sharing about your, you know, your fifth step, and you said you really uh, dove into it at the beginning, and you were really, you know, a matter of fact, and just yeah. felt really good about it. And then when you look back at it later, yeah. and you uh, could you describe like you described it by basically by saying. Was this a crazy man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but could you uh, that realization of when you, you know, you went to a lot of meetings, you had a sponsor, you're doing all the right things. When did it kind of click over for you that, yeah, this is going to work. I like what I'm doing. I like what I'm becoming. And did that inspire you to, you know, do uh, delve into yourself and your actions? Uh, more? Okay. In the third year of sobriety, I moved to Florida, Newport Ritchie. And, uh, you know, the cure, the what do they call that? The, the geographical cure. And, well, we all know that didn't work. So, uh, long story short, I came back. And, uh, again, I got acclimated into AA. And even down there, I was still like, not even a fruitcake. Seriously, my mind was just, I could not, in my mind, I couldn't make two sentences together, but yet I could sort of like go through the motions that I was okay. I come back here, and uh, somewhere around my fourth year, this stuff really started to take. And uh, I often wondered why it took so long but I was out there a lot of years, and uh, I did a lot of damage to myself. And I mean, I I didn't exist on paper. I lived in motel rooms, and uh, you know, like I said, I I drank where I played, I I slept where I played, I didn't have to drive drunk or anything like that, so I wasn't going to get caught. But uh, I was out there long enough. In, in the fantasy world because like the elite in Hollywood right now I mean on every scale that is totally a fantasy world that I was in and uh, you know it's the dream big world it's the you know we're going to be stars star rock stars you know and all that garbage well that all had to be like flushed out of my head and I had to do it with AA. And when I first came here, I'm like, well, gee, I don't see how AA can like take the place of music and all that. It's bullshit. <laughs> it did. It worked. It started working. My my wish in life while I was out there drinking was that I wish I had a home like other people. <coughs> oh. 
like normal people, you know. I just wanted to, to have a home to go to, you know, and and, uh, and I wanted to grow old not alone. That was that was my wishes, and God granted them both. In the last 27 years, have proven that out. I had flashes early on of getting well, but we all know that, you know, and every year, every second, every if if we go out today as compared to 10 years ago, you better know where you're going or you get shot. Just you know, you can get shot at a traffic light for crying out loud. But seriously, it's not like it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, 30 years ago, they would drive you home.